my What do I do with my hands? Yeah. And I'm not drunk yet, so <laughs> yeah. it's like it's like even better. Yeah. All right. Cool. So I think we're recording everywhere. Oh, wait, we're awesome. cool. I got red. Cool. Okay. Evan's red. Good. Yep. Sweet. sweet. Red all the way around. Yeah. Red, cool. red. Red in. Red. Does it sound good in your headset? Do you mean turn yeah. you up or down? I'm, I'm good. Cool. You can say whatever you want. Um, you can cuss on this podcast. It's cool. Okay. Um, Tits. If, yeah. <laughs> if, if you say anything that you want to take back, like NDA <laughs> stuff or not out yet, yeah. um, we can cut that out too. Sure. So if you if you fuck up, then... It just goes to the Patreon guys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> my OnlyFans gets it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Early release. Yeah, that and my sweet, sweet pinkies. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note... Um, Welcome to the Big Tech's Ordinance Podcast. We're here at SHOT Show 2024. I'm Ike. We have Ian. And then our guests today are Jack Luba and Ash Hess from Knights Armament. So, yeah, uh, it's good to be here, man. I know you guys have been uh, one of our prime dealers for a long time. So uh, it's, good, it's good to be here with you. Yeah. Yeah. Good to have you all on. All right. we, we tried last year to get on it. Didn't work out last year. So we're here this year. We made it happen. It was kind of ugly there for a minute, but we're here. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad we got it. We were able to make it work. I think we was Ash, but that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Met the royal we. Yeah. 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 Isn't he? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> wanted, wanted to do it. He, I, me. Yeah. 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 Teamwork. Well, cool. So uh, I guess, Jack, we'll start with you. How'd you get into, you know, into nights and in this industry? And Oh, yeah. So, there? wow, we're going way back on this yeah. one. All right. So let's open up the, the time machine. Uh, so I was a jarhead. Uh, you know, I did the Great Cola Wars uh, for a while. Um you know, that was fine, you know, like, you know, being a Marine, going through that stuff. Um, and uh, I was a grunt, you know, like I wasn't anybody special. I wasn't, you know, anything cooler than just a normal Marine. Um, and uh, I, I was into shooting, you know, so I liked that. I liked that aspect of it. Um, you know, so I did did well when it came to like shooting, stuff like that. So I'd been a competitive shooter, like, you know, kind of going through. And then I went to Quantico, was working an instructor there um, yeah, for the smallest weapon instructor school. And then we kind of took over the Marine Corps rifle program, um, you know, so revamped that. I mean, that was, you know several people's lives now ago um but uh and then from there i, I went to the uk and i worked for the uh, royal marine commandos as part of the cqb and marksup liaison uh from the marine corps there for that so it was it was a really really cool gig um you know got to you know so at the same time expand my horizons and kind of instructor style and you know how you interface with people and using a bunch of different things and you know so as being like an m4 user i was kind of leveraging some other things with that <laughs> um and I uh, came back from that tour, and I'd always flirted with getting out. You know, it's always like, okay, yep, I'm in the core, and it's kind of, it's this thing, but it's like, do I really want to do this, like, my whole life? Um, and, you know, it was that, like, I always kept, like, getting pulled into some other thing. It was like, well, hey, you should go be an officer, you know? And so I was, I was going to go do that, and then some planes hit some towers and crash in the field in the Pentagon. So, you know, that changed that course. <laughs> um, so so that, that's why I got involved in the war stuff for a while. Thanks, um, Bin Laden. Yeah, what a dick. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, went to the UK, came back back um you know was set up you know did another deployment to afghanistan after that um and it was kind of you know i, I kind of already knew before that that i was really like not loving it anymore you know like i got promoted out of my area of expertise you know like i was a really good squad leader um you know i love the job i love what i was doing you know like you were there like in the mix doing things with dudes um you know uh war stuff not not the other kind of stuff um so you know like <laughs> you're like really engaging like you know good like combat things you know um and in Love that aspect of the job. Did not like the paperwork and all that stuff, and you know, pressing uniforms and and kind of that transition to garrison. And you know, that was kind of like the wind down. You know, so I kind of saw like, well, you know, there's really not going to be much more of this going on. Um, 
you know, and you always flirt with that thing. You're like, oh, you know, we'll go over to Marsoc and whatever, you know. But at the time, it was like, well, they weren't taking any staff NCOs, you know. So it's like, well, I'm not going to do that, you know. And then it was like, okay, do I really want to go start all the way over somewhere? And I did not. Um, so I got out and I was uh, doing the instructor gig for a little bit uh, with F2S Consulting, um, you know, and that was like actually the thing for like maybe a year, year and a half. Um, and uh, it became pretty apparent pretty quickly that I was not going to make like a full-time life career out of that, you know, just like with travel and everything going on, had a kid, um, you know, it's like, well, you know, if I'm actually going to participate in like life with people, I'm going to need like a real job. And a uh, buddy of mine called me up. He was like, hey, I don't know what you're up to, but Knights has an opening. Um, so I uh, caught up, interviewed in, started working at Knights back in 2012. Oh, wow. Yep. So I uh, came in as the uh, military and government uh, liaison, um, and you know, which was really kind of just the made-up job, which is great, though, because it, like, I had a lot of freedom to do whatever like kind of fit, you know, like, okay, what, what do you do here? It's like, well, I'm going to tell you why this needs to change or, you know, this product improvement. But a lot of it was talking to the customers, you know, make sure they were getting what they needed, you know, working on uh, programs, projects, stuff like that. Um, and then I just kind of started, you know, just moved up through, you know, just through, you know, being there and being decent at my job, I guess, uh, you know, somebody thinks I am. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's, that's the story of how I got tonight's cool. Ash, what did you do before the beard? Yeah. Before the beard. Um, <laughs> did Army. I did 22 years in Army. And then, so I came in like 1995. And that, that that's kind of important to the story. But right around 20, 2012, you know, before that, in between then, did three Afghanistan tours, did an Iraq tour, shot people, did cool things, you know, urban combat, mountains, all that sort of stuff. Um, 2012, the people that were in charge of my unit told me to find a job. And they didn't care where I went. I just couldn't be there. And uh <laughs> So I ended up at the Tenth Mountains Light Fire School, and did some air assault instructing for a little bit, and then they handed me the marksmanship program. Um, and they did that because way back in like probably two thousand five, two thousand six, started doing some other shooting and stuff like that. Never shooting wasn't a thing for me. It, I mean, it was stuff we did. Uh, two thousand five, started getting into it more and did a bunch of classes, and you know, came back in two thousand ten, and I you know went to a call to four class and been, been shooting with call to four since like two thousand ten. Um, and then, so they handed me the keys to this program and doctrine was terrible. And the, the only instruction that the general had for us was it has to be a doctrinal school. And so we're going through the doctrine and, and it's just straight terrible. Well, I started emailing Fort Benning, who was in charge of all that stuff and was causing a ruckus with them. Um, so we managed to make our course good. Everybody liked the course and all that. And my, my penance for messing with Fort Benning was they sent me to Fort Benning. <laughs> and as soon as I got there, they're like, hey, you've been bitching about this marksmanship stuff for three years now. Fix it. <laughs> um, so I spent spent the last seven years in the Army. Um, I, I could have got out two years before I did, but we had momentum because we changed the manual. And then after the manual changed, then they wanted to change the pistol manual. So change the pistol manual. And then... They were like, hey, we want to change the qualification. And that was about the time I was getting ready to drop my packet. And I had momentum. And I was like, if I leave now, nobody's going nobody's to have this momentum that I have. Mm-hmm. So stayed an extra year, then dropped my packet, uh, got the qualification changed. So by the time that I left the Army, you know, from 2012 until 18, it was shooting every day or talking about shooting or arguing about shooting. Um, but we got a lot of progress done for the army on, on marksmanship stuff. Some people, some people will disagree with that. Uh, that progress may not have been good in their opinion and they weren't writing the book. So their opinion is whatever. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so did a lot of that stuff. Well, in, in that meantime, you know, cause I was paying attention to what a lot of dudes are doing and Jack talked about failure to stop and he was pr- pretty prolific on M4 carbine. 
Uh, that's where I started seeing the name. Didn't know it had anything to do with Jack Lubitz, a screen name. It's whatever. Um, but then, you know, a couple times they'd come up for program stuff, ended up Fort Benning, stuff like that. We actually got to meet. Um, and then he was up at Fort Benning for an introduction to a program um, that, that SIG ended up winning and was up there for that. And we were at a bar drinking beer. And he's like, when do you get out? And I was like, yeah, about six months. He's like, you should come down for an interview. And I was like, okay. And so interview and basically all that happened in like August. And I didn't get out until December. And usually for army dudes, you know, transition and transition vets is a big thing. Um, that, that's one of my, one of my pet projects with that, like on LinkedIn and stuff like that. But most everybody doesn't matter how high ranking they were like two months out, they're freaking out. Because that's when they realize their paychecks getting cut in half, right? Yeah. They're, get, they're getting that military divorce, and the the army gets half back. They're like, "Thanks for coming, goodbye." <laughs> uh, and so that's when they start realizing that, and that's when they start looking for a job, you know, because they're you know dedicated to the unit and they're doing all this sort of stuff. And then they're like, "Oh shit, I don't get paid in two months. I've got bills to pay. I got to find a job." They start freaking out. Well. Jack had already had me down there for an interview. They sent an offer letter. I signed the offer letter like the first of September. And then I was just treading water until December. Yeah. Like like the army could have been like, hey, you know what? Get the fuck out of here. And I'd have been like, deuces. See ya. <laughs> been in Florida the next day and, and been going to work. Uh, so that's how I ended up at nights. Uh, I do, I, I just said I do military sales. According to the system, it's like military sales specialist. But that, that hurts my feelings. I was an army guy. I don't like calling myself a specialist, right? Um, so I just say military sales. But basically what Jack was talking about, where he started at, that's where I'm at. Um, so we do programs. We're just, you know, just going off and doing programs. One of the first things that I did was 6.5. Like when I first started there six years ago, we started working on 6.5. <clears throat> so we've been working on 6.5. Basically, I left the Army and 6.5 Creedmoor. It's just been, you know, what we spent a lot of time with. And then the light assault machine guns kind of. It's, it's not my baby in the sense that, you know, I'm doing anything with it, but I'm the guy that does all the machine gun stuff. So anytime anybody's doing something with the machine gun, then that, that's kind of my, that's kind of my project that, that I spend the most time on. And we got, got a bunch of cool things. We're having some fun and shoot guns and it's terrible. <laughs> yeah. And it's in Florida. And, you know, there's, the big complaint is all the roads are straight in Florida. So. Hi, I'm Chris from Big Tech's Ordinance, and I'm Ian from Big Tech's Ordinance. <laughs> and today we've got the weekly update. So first off from Voltor is the classic Murr upper receivers, right? So we've got them in foliage green, black, standard black. Those were my picks. What do you got over there? Um, for Boomer. all for all the wheel gun enthusiasts out there, we've started carrying some some Safariland Comp Three and Comp Two speed loaders for J frames and K frames. So if you guys need a good speed loader for all of your um, revolver needs, we got some. Uh, we have the new Streamlight Wedge XT. Also, these come in black and FDE. Great little task light. You know, drop your keys underneath the couch. You're looking for your burrito. Good little option from Streamlight. Comes with a little lanyard on it as well. Solid price point on those. I would I'll yep. have to reference the price point on USB-C those. USB-C rechargeable and has a deep carry uh, pocket, pocket clip, clip on it. Yeah, so option. Looks great. Coming up, there's a bunch of classes. We've got Paradox training. Oh, be across yeah, the street at the, at the, at the range. Uh, doing that the 27th, not this weekend, but next weekend. 
Anyway, lots of training events coming up. We just also posted the Sons of Liberty. Oh, yeah, the Armors class. Armors class in May. It's up on the website. Anyway, thanks for watching. Be safe. Finger guns. There's no fun on a sport bike. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the new stuff you'll have coming out? Like, what about the new line of suppressors? Yeah, the, the new suppressors are really interesting departure from where we had been for a long time. Yeah. Know? So, I mean, Knights have been doing suppressors since the 70s. Yeah. Um, you know, and it, I mean, it dates back to, you know, some early snap-on stuff with 9 mils, some Kyle Lock stuff or M16s. Um, you know, all like really traditional suppressor stuff. Um, <clears throat> one of the biggest changes... It, when it comes to suppressors in the modern era is that more people now have experience with suppressors. So they know what's important. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if you look back at like, you know, the nineties the to the early, you know, 20 aught, whatever's um, you know, like everything was just so focused on decibel reduction. What's the sound, what's this, um, you know, and uh, you know, you got to give credit to them, you know, but Huxworks being one of the first companies to come out with like a truly like no back pressure suppressor, um, <clears throat> you know, and initially when everybody was looking for that, you know, looking at that from like the manufacturing side, you know, it's like, ah, you know, whatever, you know, just make your gun right. Um, you know, like, and, and okay, I mean, like that, 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 there's a point to that, um, but going into you know making cans that are designed from the outset to have you know low back pressure as little back pressure as possible, but that kind of leverages into another part of that, which is the user exposure to toxic gases. Um, you know, because like everything that happens with the gun, like all the bad stuff tends to go away down the barrel until you put a suppressor on it. And yeah. Now it's like you know that that ball right around you. Um, so you know you're getting like, like there's multiple benefits from you know getting that that you know gas out of the system. Um, it's still going to happen. You're still going to have, you know, an increase to the, that exposure, um, you know, but it's nowhere near like the orders of magnitude to be, you know, if you had a, a traditional, a traditional can on it. Um, because we actually started doing, you know, that kind of, we, we call it the, the PRT, the pressure reduction technology. Um, and that, that had been integrated, like using some other more traditional baffle styles, some more traditional, like welded stuff. Um, but as we were kind of started advancing through that, we got into using additive manufacturing, uh, you know, 3D printing, you know, which opens up a lot of things in the world, you know, and, and you can see it why everybody uses that, especially in suppressors of this type. Um, Before you get any further, I just want to hit on that that toxic gasset operator because people don't think about it, especially your indoor ranges, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Right. And where I first started heard about, hearing about it was when I was doing some shooting with the Ranger regiment mm -hmm. and they were, the, the safety guy came through and was hammering on lead on your hands and not wiping it off and what you're breathing and all that sort of stuff. And I'm like, Hey man, what, what's, you know, what's going on with this? Why, why are you being an ass about, about this? Right. And he's just like, dude, we're losing operators. You know, highly trained operators because their blood gases or heavy metals or all that sort of stuff is we have to take them out and they have to go through the protocols. Um, so that that toxic gas operator, you know, for, on a on the commercial side and on the civilian side, it's not something we're not shooting like those dudes are, but it is something that we need to be cognizant of. That's why I just wanted to, to to pause Jack and and dive on that because. We're doing a lot of shooting, and we got people that are shooting. You know, you know, they're running around the internet going, "I shot fifty thousand rounds this year." And you're like, "Okay, you just expose yourself to all that shit." So this yeah. is important to you now. Yeah. Are you shooting five rounds a year? Cool. You can eat that lead, and you can put your dip in after you've been playing with the rounds and do all that sort of stuff. Um, that that's just a you know. I, I know it sounds like safety, Bob, and all that sort of stuff, but it but it is something that that leads into where Jack's getting ready to hit with the suppressors. That that's the thing. Like when when they're calling for programs and all that sort of stuff, the toxic gas operator is 
like, and they're like, yeah, can we have this can a little bit quiet to you? But this is, this is what we're testing. And they're just like, we need it to do can things. But if you're over on this, you're fucked. We don't, we don't even want it, yeah. no matter how good it sounds. So that, that's just that's just something that's important, to the, to the especially to these new cans that Jack's getting ready to get into. It's just, that, that's a thing. No, it's super important. I, like, I think it's, like, it's worth saying it of once you shoot a gun, you should, like, treat your hands like you were just playing with human feces. You know, like, you should be scrubbing yourself down. Like, it's, like, seriously, like, you know, it, it, it is harming people. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like, everybody's like, oh, well, you know, it's just, it's lead or whatever. It's safe on the ground. It's like, no, it's it's not, you know, it's, it's bad for you. It's really, really bad. There's a reason why there's no more leaded gasoline. Like it's like super bad. Um, you know, we're exposing ourselves to that all the time because the primary, primer components, not just the bullets, you know, it's, it's what's in, you know, the, the actual gases that are coming out of that gun. Um, you know, we just, everybody ignored it or was ignorant of it for so long. Um, and it's, it's a shame because it, it's hurting people, you know I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I can't say that it's all because of that, but I mean, you know, so many of my friends have such significant health problems that like are untraceable to the reason why, you know, people developing immune system problems like all the time, um, you know, and you can trust the mental, you know, all kinds of issues. And it's just, it's, it's, it's bad. And, and we owe it to the community and to our operators to like pay attention to that. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, please when you get into wash, the studies, they actually start, start paying attention to that. And you see these studies. The, the stuff that you're pumping into it, you, you're, you're like, look at the gun. Do I really want to go shoot this gun? <laughs> like, like it's just, it, it's, it's stuff that you, you wouldn't, even smokers, when they, you know, they see all that, the smoking dudes would be like, oh, yeah. yeah. And that, <laughs> Did you ever but, hear the, the serial killer lead theory thing? Mm. So why there was so many serial killers in like the seventies and whatever was because of the leaded gasoline and like lead and paint that it was just like, they were exposed to it so much that, it like change oh, yeah. their <laughs> no their, i mean there's all kinds of correlations yeah. being made from you know it's like i don't i don't have enough data to do that but i mean like if you like overlay you know like the amount of like lead in the environment to like you know uh, the violent crime rate and all that stuff yeah. inside the u.s and around the world you know it's like it's it looks very correlative yeah there's um, a, a whole theory that that yeah. is why like there was so many serial killers back <laughs> in the day yeah was, or they're just better now yeah. or that yeah we just learned <laughs> yeah. about near the dna <laughs> science yeah. um but yeah, anyway, so so suppressors and then, um, yeah, so talking about, you know, the, the changeover of kind of a traditional, you know, baffle stack and, and welded uh, suppressors, you know, welded tube, you know, and then kind of going to tube on tube, you know, with, with the, the kind of labyrinth design to, to do that pressure reduction stuff. Um, but getting the added manufacturer, will really open that up, you know, so it really allowed us to, to do some, some cool things. Um, in our new suppressors and the PRG line um, and in one of the 5.56 cans, uh, the, the larger one, also the, the 5.56 QDC CRS PRT. I know we have like the longest yeah, suppressor names in all the world. First try um, though, he nailed he, it. Yeah. yeah, he's the naming guy. So uh, he does no, whoa, 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 whoa! I'm I'm the guy that maintains the the naming convention. I am not the guy in charge of the naming convention. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, like we, I get beat up. You know, Mister and I was in the office the other day. It was like, you know, like we really should have like a better name for this. You know, like yes, sir. I know that's, that's bad. You know, because all these things like ninety percent of what we release has its roots in the government program. You know, so somewhere there was something where it's like, okay, I've got this model, I need to differentiate it in some way. Okay, what is it? Is it 556 QDC? What? You know, it's like seven, I don't know. Um, but yeah, so so like, you know, it comes from those and you wind up like having that part number already established and so that just becomes a name. Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm passing that blame to somebody else in engineering probably. Um, but uh, yeah, so the, the newer cans have our, our purge technology and that is like the really cool aspect of the cans of... 
being able to eliminate first round flash and first round pop. Um, well, not completely eliminate, but really mitigate it. Um, you know, the acoustic uh, pop is gone. Um, you get a little bit of flash because you do still have some environment that's getting burned. But um, it came out of a program we did, uh, you know, several years ago. Uh, was when it started was figuring out first round flash and how to stop it. Um, and the the very first can was was really an M110 suppressor, um, and we just punched a bunch of inert gases into it to see what it was because at the time it's like really didn't have conclusive evidence on what caused first round flash you know is it unburnt powder is it you know some transition from some area to an area is a pressure change or whatever um what it turned up to is that it's oxygen in in the end of the suppressor um you're supposed to those those uh, last baffles right in front of the uh the end cap um so figured out a way basically to to use the the pressure inside the can to purge that area of that oxygen um and so that's that's where that comes from and then we are also able you know by doing you know added manufacturing we have this really cool software they've been it, it took 14 years of data accumulation in it um but we use a uh, an ansys blast analysis software um we've just been teaching it over the years of you know and of exactly what's happening so we can take this software and we can predict within about a decibel on what that can's gonna what the can's gonna sound like oh, wow. where heat's gonna go where the pressure's moving how fast it's moving through the suppressor um so you can take that and we look at the thermal profile as well, uh, you know, because like when a can fails, that's bad, um, you know, but, but, you know, you are going to super elevate that, you know, like there's a tremendous amount of, of energy that's being blasted into that, you know, just like a barrel, you know, like, you know, that, that like surface level heat that then has to like continue to build to actually get that out, you know. So, you know, when you look at a barrel that's reached, you know, 500 degrees, like the, the surface temperature is like insane. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're talking like 1600 plus degrees, like flash, um, you know, so uh, very interesting from that side. Um, <clears throat> but. So we can we can take that can, design the can where the heat is going to specific places inside of the can, you know, so we can, you know, thin things out, thicken things up so that it makes a stronger suppressor. Um, so we take these suppressors, you know, because I was really, I was nervous about the whole additive thing. I think we all were, you know, when it really came down to it, because um, it was all brand new. You know, you, yeah. just, you don't have any historic data to look back on. Like, all you know, is like, well, you know, it's it's basically, you know, metal dust that, that you're welding together with a laser, you know, and being like, well, that. That seems right. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so, uh, you know, so we started testing them, you know, and that was always the thing, you know, like a bunch of manufacturers were like, well, I don't, you really don't want to be using additive. You know, you're going to have problems here. You're going to, it's like, all right, well, let's test it. Let's see what's going on. Um, so the way that we test all the suppressors, especially in the early de uh, development phase is we take the can, we stick it on a machine gun and we shoot continuous belt full until it falls apart. Um, <laughs> there you go. You know, and uh, so the, our, our current suppressors will exceed the performance of our last generation of cans. Oh, wow. Yeah, so they will outperform a welded suppressor. Um, you know, and that's a big thing with the with, you know with welds, especially you know plug welds and welds that are kind of like joining two surfaces that you know aren't actually in, in contact on that weld point. That weld's going to be where your hotspot is. You know, that's being transmitted directly that's outside of the can. Um, so that's where you know like a, a heat will rise and you see that that external rupture on the side of the can. You know, it's just from that that pounding and the pressure. You know, just pushing out. Um, so yeah, so the the new cans, you know, can can manage that and come out. You know, and it's like yes, they do fail eventually. Like everything will. Like yeah, we make it out of Inconel, um, you know, but you will get to an eventual point of failure. Um, it just happens a lot later than you see with like the stainless <laughs> or something like that. Um, and uh, yeah, so the, so the cans are extremely durable. Uh, you know, that that was kind of always been the priority because I mean, when it comes to nights, that's always kind of been like a key part of our you know approach to suppressors is durability you know that they need to last i mean yeah. the nt4 like you're not gonna find anybody that's be like nt4 yeah you know that that thing just pops all the time <laughs> um you know and it's like you know the nt4 is 30 year old suppressor yeah um you know but it, you know it's it's 
you know, like people say all of me, like, oh, you know, it's a dinosaur. You're like, yeah, it's a dinosaur. But that's like the fucking T-Rex. Yeah. You know, like that is the dinosaur. Um, you know, it's like the Marine Corps bought a shitload of them. You know, like the, the, it's because it's, it's been in the system. It's been a known performer. It does it what it works. does. It still works. It works. You know, it's still, it's a good suppressor. Um, but yeah, the new new suppressors, you know, are, you know, it's literally a generational change. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's, that, it's that good, like, move on. You know, so taking all the all the good things from the old stuff, you know, like your durability, you know, but then you're adding in your pressure reduction, and then you're getting rid of that flash, um, which is really good. Um, but you know, people look at our new cans because we have that little guy, the MCQ. Yeah. You know, and people are like, "Oh, what's that even for? That's stupid." You know, it's whatever, and it's like, hey, man, that's you know, and I, I don't mean to say like that can's not for you and like you shouldn't have it, but it's like it's not really like an enthusiast, you know, or, or a hobbyist or, or even, you know, a, a large degree of professional use can, you know, it's a very specific can for a very specific purpose. And that is from the target side, mm-hmm. you know? So when you're on the opposite side of, you know, the, 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 uh, arm of influence that's coming to affect you, um, it, it makes it much more difficult to target that, um, you know, because you're not seeing that first round flash, you know, you're not being able to, to see exactly where that's coming from. You can't hear exactly where it's coming from, um, you know, so that's what that's for. You know, it is it is for a direct application, you know, and that was in their requirements, you know, like, hey, we wanted to do this. Okay, gotcha. You know, and, and, and it's polite. Right. So we're all shooting in the same room, even even though we're keeping the gun small. We've got the MCQ on there. It's polite. Yeah. It's, it's a courtesy it's, thing. It's professional. Yeah, yeah, it's just, it's just <laughs> you're not pushing on the ear pro. You know, it's not rattling the fillings out of your head. You know, it takes the edge off of it. But it's, it's exactly for that. If you're not doing those things, like if you're going off to the, going off to the range and you're trying to impress how buddies how quiet your gun is, that, that's, that's not the that's one not for That's not the it. one for it. <laughs> and, it, and it should be you look at that and you go, you know, that's not going to do a lot. Yeah, correct. It's tiny, right? It's just, but and that, that's just with the MCQ. That's just just one of the things that come out. But that was one of the things that got built and we got able to release first. Mm-hmm. You know, Jack and, and Tom are always in there talking about. You know, we got this, we got that, and the MCQ just there's a bunch of them got built and they were there and they went out. Yep. And people were so thirsty that they, they that that they bought them. And it it's been a long yeah. time since we saw some night suppressors. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it just it just and and that's the thing with additive because. I was there at the tail end of the traditional cans, and then you know the, the PRT can. We, I think that was like the second can that I saw. Like, yeah. like we we tested a little bit of six five. Like I said, right in the beginning when I first started, and then next time we went another round of six five, we had the PRT cans. And then I got to see, you know, as we were starting to go into the end of the additive manufacturing stuff, and the the additive, you know, so I got to see all that real time. You know, it, it, it was all happening, and I, and I, I wasn't emotionally tied to the old stuff. Right, because I hadn't been around the old stuff, and with the additive, like those dudes, Jack could be like, "Hey, we're getting getting." They just designed a new can, you know, on Tuesday, and then on Wednesday, he's like, "Hey, this is a new can." Like, <laughs> like, like it's printed. With the additive, they can do that. They they can print one just to make sure it's going to print right, like on a on a plastic three D printer, and check yeah. it and make sure it's going to do and it's doing all those things. And then they can send the same program over to to the machine that makes that an ink canal. So. And then there's then there's like two processes that go with it. So they're they're like, hey, we got a new can. You have it Thursday, and you know, so we're shooting this this, this stuff and the stuff that we're going to be able to do with it with the with the additive cans. And you know, we're getting all that running. And we start off with one little tiny machine, and now we have many more. I think we're up to five or six, something like that for for the for the the printers and. So now we're getting, you know, the, the five five six cans coming out. There's a whole bunch of MCQs that came out. You know, the the the, the purge can is coming soon. Um, so it's just going to be, 
as these things start spinning up and going, you guys are going to see Knights cans like everywhere because we can do that. Uh, just just capacity that we can do on, on the additive side is is pretty fucking cool. Yeah, and just and just being able to watch that and they're just you know we're you know doing contracts like NT four contract. We're like we can make this many per month. That's what we can do. Like these dudes can only work eighty hours a week. That, yeah, that's what we can do. Got to hire two more dudes to get another fifty cans per month or whatever it is. And now they're like, uh, I can print like blah, 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 overnight. You know, I can have those to you by Friday. You know, that's just something that's super cool. Um, and, and on the additive that's, side, and you know, I do a lot on LinkedIn, so I got a, I got a bunch of these nerds that are on there because I, I don't know. That, I went to the additive guy, and I was just like, hey, dude, I was like, I go talk to these people, and I need to kind of have somewhat of an idea of what the <laughs> fuck this is. And I, I was like, and I need it in the Barney. And he's like, okay, powder, laser. This tells the laser to do this, and then poops out, and you got a suppressor. I'm like, fucking cool, man. That, that, that's what I needed. Um, so, but it's just it's just really cool to watch, you know that that that's that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, it's a significant change for us, you know. I mean, because we, you know, you look at uh, people manufacturers today, you know, and it's like you, know, you from the outside, you're like, like, yeah, that's a gun company. You know, it's like really it's a machine shop that makes guns yeah <clears throat> you know so it's like it's like classic machine shop stuff you know it's like that's not what we deal with you know we deal with everything on the back side of that <clears throat> but you know what it takes to get people in that are good welders that have the experience they know how to make a good weld you know especially when you're welding ink and and some of these specialized things yeah um you know so it's uh it's a challenge but there's a lot of things that are in our product catalog that are weld requirement you know i mean and um you know you'll, you'll see that you know especially when we get things like you know 110s and and nt4s that we have to make you know and like those are traditional welded suppressors and they take a tremendous amount of time mm -hmm. um you know so it's like it would almost had we not had an additive line, we would still be way out on all of our suppressors because it, it all has to be in line behind that stuff. You know, that stuff always has a priority. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so the suppressors are great. Um, you know, they're, they're more and more coming. Um, you know, they're, they're printing them every day. Um, you know, so, you know, that they're, they're hitting the market, you know, we tried to spread it out initially, you know, to get a, a good, a good spread to, you know, buyers. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's like, it's time. Like if you want a night's can, get to your dealer and get some stuff ordered because they will be coming. Nice. Um, yeah. And we're, we're releasing uh, another new can here at SHOT Show. Okay. Um, yep. So a smaller version of the 7.62 can. I can say that now, I guess. Okay. Um, yeah, we're in SHOT yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, think, I think we had some, some leaked photos, you know, which is fine. You know, I mean, that's it's kind of one of the funny things. You yeah, know, video. Like, everybody tries to like cover stuff up. Like, I don't know. I can't talk about this thing. You know, it's like, well, you know, it's like it's, it's shot. You know, it's yeah. fine. Yeah, just <laughs> let, let, it, let it happen. Um, yeah, so the, so the presser, so the suppressor stuff is really cool. Um, you know, it dovetails in really well. You know, to the to the new gun line. You know, like we redid the bolt a couple of yeah. years ago. You know, the E three point two bolt. You know, and then the seven six two and six five bolt, which is kind of in that same trajectory. Um, you know, kind of improved performance. Um, you know, so it's like, you know, we because we have enough guns that are out in the world. And we can't guarantee that they're all going to wind up with a, with a nice can. You yeah. know, somebody already has a can. You know, they, they don't want to buy every can that's in the world, you know, whatever manufacturer comes out. Um, you know, so having something that will work with, you know, maybe a can that has a higher amount of back pressure than, than what you'd really find optimal. But what we all worked with for decades anyway oh, yeah. coming right. into it. Um, yeah, so, so the new, you know, the new bolts, uh, you know, both of them work really well. Um, and it, but when you put it all together, you know, a nice can or a nice gun, it's just that's exactly right, you know, and, and truly gone along together. Um you know, and it's, it's funny, you know, especially, well, 
it's not funny coming from the perspective of the buyers, but you know, like we had, you know, the, the cans, uh, you know, that went out because it, we, we elongated the, uh, uh, the locking collar on the cans to, to work with our suppressor shrouds. Cause that went with the program that we were doing. So, you know, we kind of baselined on that, but then like realized that there were 11.5 guns with your X4 handguards that they did not fit on, which was not a really great place to be. And, you know, and that's, that's kind of one of the, like, you know, you had to make a choice on which we were going to go with it. And really it's like, got to go to the future, you know, um, you know, obviously we're still, we're going to take care of everybody that ran into that issue. Um, you know, but we've got to be going and going more in, um, you know, of, of looking with that, that long game. And that really is the game, you know, cause the, you know, that, that trial that goes suppressor is a really cool, simple, stupid little thing. Um, you know, as far as like, you know, you're, you're when you look at it, like, yep, it's just a cover on a suppressor. What's, what's that? Uh, but when it comes to, uh, protecting the can, you know, and protecting the user from the can, um, and protecting your line of sight through the mirage. That's, that's where it's like really shines. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it's a, it's a neat little addition and your cans drop right into it and a little snap ring and boom, you got that thing on there. Um, and those are coming. Um, so they're on the, uh, they're on the price sheet this year. So uh, nice. be able to buy them, um, and get them out, you know, so, uh, yeah. So the, the, the new line is of uh, sorry, the new line of rifles, you know, both in seven six two, six five, and, and the five five six line, um, all go into the URX six handguard. So extremely rigid handguard, um, you know. So you got a traditional barrel nut type of a thing. Handguard goes on, and then a secondary nut comes in. And yeah, it requires a specialized tool. But when it comes to making that handguard as rigid as possible while still being it be removable and replaceable in case of damage, like. That's the way to do it. Um, so it's got a ton of preload on it, super rigid, returns from impact really well, you know, so that's, that's cool. Um, fully ambidextrous lower receivers, you know, which, you know, has been a long time coming. Um, you know, it's one of the kind of like last things that we, you know, we'd go along, you know, like, yeah, you got a right side bolt release and that's great, but it would yeah. be really a lot cooler if it had both. <laughs> um, so doing that was good. Um, and, uh, yeah, so the, the, you know, the general overall lower is pretty much the same, you know, it's just, I got the ambi- mag release, you know, but now you got ambidextrous bolt catch bolt release. So that's cool to have. Um, but then really it's like, it's that upper receiver technology. That's like really the cool thing, you know, the Mod 2 gas system, which is like, you know, really re- well regulated to, to keep the gun running. Um, you know, and it's, it's a little, a little bit of a departure from some of our like legacy stuff, you know, which were gassed really lightly. Um, you know, kind of like almost right in that, that marginal edge. Um, but, uh, you know, it's kind of one of the things of we, we didn't really have a lot of five, five, six guns that were being used in a professional capacity, you know, kind of until kind of the newer guns, um, where you, you need to have that carrier moving at some velocity to, to work right in all kinds of environments. You know, it's like, yeah, my, my three gun rifle does not feel like what my M4 felt like, you know, but you know, one of them has a performance requirement. One of them has shipped to the range with the ammo that, you know, and hold it, you know, flat pretty much all you're doing. Um, you know, but when, you know, you're in a helicopter and you're shooting straight down and it's negative 20, you know, will that gun still work? Um, you know, when you've been shooting, you know, uh, you know, hundreds of rounds and, you know, is it still going to function? Um, you know, still going to pick up the round. Um, so yep. You know, like it is not the, the softest shooting gun. Um, nor would I really want it to be because I need it for that functionality. You know, I need, I need to have that reliability and durability in the system. Um, 
And it does that, uh, you know, so really, really happy with the guns. I mean, they've gone through, uh, you know, multiple programs, you know, and, um, you know, for a long time, you know, I've looked at the, the SR15, SR16 line, you know, of being about as far as you can go, you know, in a 5.56, you know, AR type of a pa- uh, platform, um, you know, and, and there's tons of good guns out there today. You know, it's not to say that, you know, like we're the only ones to make a good 5.56 gun. There's, there's tons of good guns out there, you know, so, but it's like, how do you outperform that? Yeah. You know, and it's like at that point, you kind of, you're, you're, you're in that, like, that, that, the margins, you know, of where can I get this next 2% improvement, this next 5% improvement, you know, because I think you're really looking for about a 20%, you know, over anybody else that's in your sphere to really, you know, be a noticeable improvement. Um, and, uh, you know, getting the guns to that point, you know, was, was a really cool thing to do, you know, like, you know, we held the hands of them all, like all the way through, you know, so it's like, you know, sitting there at the drawing, you know, at, at the, the, talking to R&D of like, here's what we need. Here's where we need to go with it and, and watching them come with these products. is It's, it's awesome. You know, it's one of the best parts of the job, you know. Um, and that, that's what I want to hit on. Uh, I, I try not to do anything like podcasts where we're talking about Knight's Armament without talking about Knight's Armament, right? Yeah. So there's anywhere between 250, to, depending on the week, 250 to 300 employees. Um, 300,000 square foot is what we're using for the facility. Damn, and Jack and I on a daily basis in the factory – like when you walk into the factory, Jack's more important than I am. But inside the factory, day to day, I'm like one of the least important people there. <laughs> right? I mean, you just you walk into all these places, and there's 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 people that are doing you know deburment. There's people that are making the suppressors we are talking about. We got barreling in there. You got the R and D people in there. You got production engineers in there. You got the the housekeeping staff that's doing stuff. And inside the factory, I'm like, you know, I go out here and I sell guns, right? Um, but they're the ones that make all this happen, right? We get, we get the glory because we're on the internet and we're all this sort of stuff. Um, and, and that's why when, when people are talking smack about the company, that in it, which they do, right? And, and that, that's why I come in. It's not, it's not, I've got, I know these people. I work with them every day. I'm walking around cruising. We go to break time together. We go to lunch together. So when they're disrespecting, you know, nights is this, blah, 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 blah. It's those people that nobody ever heard about. And that, that's why I try to get them onto every podcast. Yeah. Just, just, you know, talk about the people that's, you know, it's just like you guys. You know I mean, sometimes you're out there and you're shipping something, but not often, right? Yeah. It's, it's, they're, they're the ones that everybody's like, oh, I could job a shipping. It's like, bro, there, was, there was 13 other people <laughs> yeah. involved in that, right? And it's the same, same with us, right? We get, we get to go out here and we get to go to SHOT Show and we got these cool brand new guns that we're getting ready to show off and all that sort of stuff. And, I didn't turn one wrench. I didn't touch a machine. I, I, I put them in a case and sent them to SHOT Show, right? Um, so that, that's where the company's at. That, that's what Knights Armin is, is those, those 250, 300 people that, that are back there doing that sort of stuff to allow us to be able to go do the things that we do. Because we show up and we, we, you know, we go chase these programs. We get the gun. We go chase the program. If it works, it doesn't, you know, whatever. We go back there and we say, I broke it or they broke it or good job. You know, yeah. it just, and then, then it goes through that whole system. And then that's, that's what comes out to the commercial. You know, when we put that on the commercial thing that, that, that's what's coming out there. Right. And, uh, you know, and we've been doing this product transition, um, where the UX four guns and it's got the notch on the upper and everybody's like, what the hell is this for? Yeah. And it's, it's all the prep for the stuff that's getting ready to go, you know, eight o'clock in the morning when, when everything lights off and people start taking pictures of it and all that sort of stuff. It's all, it's all been coming. It's all, it's all been incremental. And like I say, it's not us, it's them that's doing that. We just, Jack gets to be more involved in the good idea fairy. I just, you know, go, okay. And, and, and sell what, sell what we make. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah, yeah. I said all those, so I'm not going to yeah. go back and, and say all the same things you just said. But uh, yeah, the, the people at the factory are 
are rad. You know, like they, they make this happen. You know, our R and D guys are amazing. The, the production engineers, the machinists, like all of them, you know, like they, you got to have that to make this happen. You know, you can't, you can't have bad stuff with good products, you know? So everybody, everybody's important, you know, and the, and the Knight family as well, you know, like they, they truly love these products, yeah. you know, like they're, they're absolutely invested in, you know, it's like they do not want to release a bad product, you know? And it's like, it's, and it's them on the lot, you know, like, you know, the, everything is, owned by the knights like when yeah. it's like when there's a program coming it's like hey we're gonna make a machine gun that means that like mr knight's paying to make that you know like that's coming out of out of him um you know in the, in the company you know, like there's no board of directors there's no you know investment investors or shareholders that are like driving something or telling them it's a bad idea you know or whatever um you know and i've been in meetings where i'm like I don't, I don't know about that and then it's like one of the coolest things like yeah my nose wrong you yeah know, like, <laughs> like that, that he, he knows what he's doing yeah um uh yeah, so so the the guns coming out, um, you know the new ones. Uh, you know, a lot of it is really just it's it's that like uh, steady evolution of the system. You know, it's not a whole lot of significant departure from what we've been doing. You're seeing you've been seeing these things, you know, over the years as they're coming in. Um, so getting it all together, like getting to able to finally release like full six five guns is like one of my favorite things. I mean, we've been shooting six five since 2016. Um, yeah. So 2016, 2017 is like when these programs were like really rolling. Um, you know, there's like some little like 260 stuff before that. Um, but getting into the six five stuff, like that's really, I think kind of like the best application of that medium or that large frame gun. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just, it, it it actually does what everybody wanted a 16 inch 7.62 gun to do, um, you know where, you know you can legitimately outperform a 20 inch 7.62 gun with a 16 inch 6.5. You know it's like it is a significantly better in everything. You know every yeah uh, like the the only thing you got is well I don't gain any magazine capacity. Okay, yeah, but you got everything else you want. Um, you know there's always you know that those growing pains of getting into that. Um, you know, like we went through ammo issues and go through primer issues and you got bulk gun ammo that you're now sticking in gas guns and you know, how does it feed and what's going on with it? What's going on with primers and what's going on with triggers? You know, so it's, it's always that. So, but, um, you know, once we got through, through all those growing pains and got everything like really nailed down, it's, it's super solid product. Um, you're really, really happy to have it coming out. Uh, you know, cause for years people have been, you know, not saying eating our lunch on it, but you know, I, I mean, I remember it was shot show, what, like three or four years ago, when I was talking about 14 and a half inch six, five, and we didn't have anything ready for the commercial market. So everybody else was, was feeling that, you know, we were busy doing our stuff on the government side and, you know, we were losing out on what we could do for the, for the commercial market. Um, so turn that around and get it out. It's, I'm, I'm, I'm super stoked about it. Cool. Uh, where can people find you on, on the internet? On the internet? Let's see. So uh, Um So that's, uh, that's where the, the Knights website uh, resides. Uh, we're all over the, the YouTubes and the socials. Um, yeah, if you got Facebook still, if you're old like us, because uh, I, I think the kids don't do that anymore. Um, but Not the, the cool ones. Yeah, I mean, they can't buy guns anyway, so I don't care. Um, Nerds. Yeah. Um, Yep. Uh, so, um, you know, hit us up, you know, and then, you know, great dealers like you guys, um, you know, so, uh, so if you want stuff, contact them, tell them to, to buy more so they can, you can buy it. <laughs> cool. Well, thank y'all for coming up, um, uh, doing the podcast with us, sitting down and talking to us for a little bit. We yeah, really good. appreciate it. Super good. Thanks for having us on. Yeah. yeah. See you on the floor. Yeah. Hopefully. Thank y'all for watching. Like, comment, subscribe, leave a comment for these guys. Um, tell them how much you hated it or liked it, whichever. Um, we appreciate y'all listening and watching however you consume this, this podcast, but, um, yeah, thank y'all for watching and we'll see you around.